where's Ryan and his take your Bibles and turn to and his deep voice and all that. He stubbed his toe, so he said he couldn't come up here today. So, ba- no, he dislocated he dislocated his baby toe, and they had to put it back in. Can you? That just yeah, that doesn't sound like much fun. So, anyway, so he's back there complaining about it hurting, but they put it back in. It should be fine now, right? So I got to read the scripture this morning with you. So we're going to take our Bibles to Ephesians chapter number 2. Ephesians chapter number 2. And when you know he would do it on the day of the fall fair, we have all this setting up to do. And oh, I hurt my toe. I can't help out this afternoon. No, he didn't do that. I'm just teasing him, giving him a hard time. So if I, if I maybe to offend, they cut it off. Because I think the Bible says something about those things. And so... All right, does anyone need... Oh, I didn't ask. I, this morning when we were getting... I was like, there's something I didn't ask. Bulletins for the month of November. Did anyone not get a bulletin that needs one? Can you believe we're going into November already in just a few days? And uh, as I was getting the bulletin ready and thinking about pie and praise, hmm, one of my favorite services of the year, it's like it's too soon for that. Especially it felt like summer yesterday, and then today it feels a little bit better. And so last service it was hot in here. This service is getting, it's cooling off, so that's good. And so it was all those hard hearts in the last service. No, the warm hearts in the last service and all the cold hearts. No, we don't want to say it that way. And, uh, but we're going to take our Bibles today to Ephesians chapter number 2. Ephesians chapter number 2. We're going to dive right into the scripture this morning. And thank you for the word of God. And next Sunday I'm looking forward to our revival meetings. I hope that you'll be a part of them. I've been taking some extra time already just praying for them. I hope that you'll pray. Pray that God will work in our hearts and also that many might be saved as a result of it. And I'd be praying for our fall festival this afternoon so many are saved because of it. We don't, things that we do around here, I know some people like social activities, we like all these different things, but our job as a church is to get the gospel to the lost. And our harvest festival this afternoon is to get the gospel to our community. We have over 400 people signed up online to come. That doesn't mean they're all going to come. But normally the odds are about two-thirds of that to say that. And then with others coming, we could easily have three to 400 people here this afternoon. And I would hate for one person to come through here and not hear the gospel. So let's be in prayer about that. And uh, that would be a good thing. You look there in your Bibles, Ephesians chapter number 2. We're going to look down at verse number 11. Verse number 11. The Bible says, Wherefore remember that ye being in times past Gentiles in the flesh, who are called uncircumcision by that which is called the circumcision in the flesh made by hands. But at that time you were without Christ, being aliens from the commonwealth of Israel and strangers from the covenants of promise, having no hope and without God in the world. Look at verse number 13. But now in Christ Jesus, ye who were, who, ye who were sometimes were far off are made nigh by the blood of Christ. We look at this passage of Scripture, and as we look back and we think about chapter number 2 and where we've been, chapter number 2, and the book of Ephesians is such a wonderful book. Chapter 2 begins with our condition before salvation. The Bible talks about how we are dead in our trespasses and sins. We walk not according to the things that God would have us, but according to the course of this world. It goes through a list of all these things in verses 1 through 3, and then we see that God, but God, who is rich in mercy for his great love, wherewith he loved us, and we see how God stepped in. We love him because he first loved us. That's how it works. He reached out to us. Thank God for his conviction. Thank God for his working in our lives. 
And then we see through those verses, we see all the things he's raised us up together, man, sit together in heavenly places, all these different things. Then Paul reminds us again under inspiration, hey, Christian, hey, church at Ephesus, you're saved by grace through faith. It's nothing that you've done. You cannot earn salvation. The grace, the faith, they are gifts from God. Even the faith is not ours. He gives us the faith. You say, well, how does he give us the faith? We are dead. Can a dead thing have faith? Think about that one. Dead. For by grace are you saved through faith, and the Bible makes it clear it's not of ourselves. It's the gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. Can you imagine what heaven would be like? We all got there and said, hey, I got in because of all these good things I did. Man, if heaven was a place where we all bragged on ourselves, that's not heaven. And the Bible makes it very clear we're saved by grace through faith. It has nothing to do with us. Our works do not get us saved. But then the Bible says, for we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus unto good works. And a Christian should bear good fruit. We're created unto good works. Those works, and I think I've stated enough, they do not save us. There's no saving power in any works. But he's created us unto good works. We're his workmanship. And he's before ordained that we should walk in those things. Then Paul says, our text today, wherefore remember. He kind of goes back again and talks about before salvation where we were at. And you think about that world. So many years ago, compared to our world today, there are a lot of things that are a lot different. Like, I'm glad to live in 2019 and not back in Jesus' day. I like air conditioning. I like lights. I like running toilets. I like cars. I'm thankful for all those things. The only thing that I would take from back in those days, I would take in, I'd love to have been there and seen all the things that Jesus did. I would, t- I would change all, I would love that. But what we got to understand as we look at this today, Paul says, wherefore, remember. Hey, there's some things, Christian. Yes, you're not saved by your works. You're saved by grace through faith. But you are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus unto good works. I want you to remember a few things. And he goes through some things here this morning, which I want to help you with. Number one, as we dive into the message today, we see, number one, we see the divisions of the past. Paul says here, Wherefore remember that ye, being in time past Gentiles in the flesh, who were called uncircumcision by that which is called the circumcision in the flesh made by hands. When we think about some of the divisions of the past, you go back into Bible days and around this time, there were a lot of divisions that divided people. You would have a master and a slave. The slave would grow to resent that master, and that relationship was not the greatest of relationships, and there was divisions there. You could look at lots of different things down the line. The rich and the poor. Divisions. There was a great division between the Jews and the Gentiles. And let me just help you out this morning as we look at this, when we talk about this. If you are a Jew today, if, if you are a Jew, then you know, you're thankful that God saves Jews. But most of us sing in this room are Gentiles. And I'm thankful for the fact that God just didn't save Jews. He came for the Gentiles as well. But there was something in the book of Acts, it was difficult for some of those Jews to realize that God would save anyone. 
Think about Paul had a vision, or a dream, sorry, that he had a dream. And in that dream, there are all these animals that a Jew would label as unclean. And the Lord tells him, rise up and eat. And then Peter says, Lord, I won't. You call him Lord, but then you don't do what he tells you to do. These aren't clean. The Lord said, what I call clean, they're clean. And that whole dream was about the fact that salvation was not just for the Jews. It was for everyone. But when you think about the barrier that was between the Jews and Gentiles, think about some things, letter A, you think about the Jews considered Gentiles to be filthy dogs. They were worth only of death and hell. And to the ancient Jew, the only good Gentile was a dead Gentile. That's real nice, huh? The Jews did not like Gentiles. They didn't like, you think about the Samaritans. They did not like, they did not like other people groups. They did not like the Gentiles. Letter B, we see the Gentiles despised the Jews because they were different. The Jews didn't dress, look, eat, or act like anyone else in the world. Gentiles would blame the Jews for natural disasters, plagues. They hated them and even wanted to exterminate them. And you still see people distant. You look at Hitler and even trying to still exterminate them, the things that go on. And you see a great divide between the two. And another area of divide between the Jews and Gentiles was the Jews felt that they had salvation and that the Gentiles did not. And how do you cross that barrier if the Jews have salvation but no one else does? Because there are a lot of Jews I know in the world, but there are a lot of other people. How do you cross that barrier there? There was an incident out of ancient Israel that shows us the attitude of the Jews and the gulf between them and the Gentiles in the perspective. There was a Gentile woman. She came to Rabbi Eliezer and confessed to the rabbi that she was a sinner and she wanted to be righteous. She asked the rabbi if she could be admitted to the Jewish faith and the rabbi said, and she said, Rabbi, bring me near. That was the terminology the Jews would use for being close to God or being saved. They talk about being near. And Eliezer came to her and said, no, you cannot come near. And he shut the door in her face. That was the attitude that existed between, and represents the attitude that existed between the Jews and Gentiles. And I want you to understand something. When Paul is writing this to the church at Ephesus and to us, to let us know that in Jesus the walls, they're gone. There is no circumcision, non-circumcision. There's none of those things. You even look at down at look at chapter look at chapter two here, verse fourteen. For he is our peace, who made who hath made both one, and hath broken down the middle wall of partition between us. And we'll talk more about that in two weeks. But I want you to understand. Paul reminds us in verse number eleven here of the divisions of the past, and there's a great divide between the Jews and Gentiles. And even today, there's a great divide in people in lots of different areas. You think about. Um, the prejudice of some people. Jesus Christ came to save all. Doesn't matter what color your skin color may be, Jesus came for them as well as you. We look at these things, I want to put it all into perspective. We see number one, the divisions of the past. Number two, we see the devastation of the past. Not only were we on the outside looking in, on the wrong side of the wall, if you will, on the wrong side of the barriers, but look at verse number 12. That at that time, not only were you on the outside trying to look in, not part, but look at these other things. 
At that time, you were without Christ, being aliens from the commonwealth of Israel and strangers from the covenants of promise, having no hope and without God in the world. What not only do we see that there, was some, there were some barriers there and some differences there, but not only were we on the wrong side of the barrier, but look at all these things that were with us on the wrong side of the barrier when you look at this. How bad our situation was on our side of the wall. We had five huge problems. Letter A, we were without Christ. Wow, what do we have without Christ? We are complete in Him, the Scripture says, right in Colossians? Five huge problems. We are without Christ. Letter B. We are aliens from the commonwealth of Israel. We were not citizens. We didn't belong. We were strangers, letter C, from the covenants of promise. Oh, the promises of God were not for us. We were on the wrong side of the barrier. Without Christ, aliens from the commonwealth of Israel, strangers from the covenants of promise, letter D, we were without hope. Do you realize something today? No Christ, no hope. Our hope is in Jesus Christ. Our hope is built on nothing less than Jesus' blood and his righteousness. Man, we're on the wrong side of the barrier. I'm not a Jew. Wrong side of the barrier. I uh, was without Christ. I was, a, I was not a citizen. The promises were not mine. I was without hope and I was without letter E. I was without God. In our lost condition, we are separated from God. We were hopelessly lost, headed to hell in that depraved condition which we could not save ourselves. But we see once again one of my favorite words in the Bible. Look at verse number 13. But. Explain to my kids a while back that one of my favorite words in the Bible is but. They start, <laughs> they were laughing. They didn't understand that was the conjunction here and not the thing that you're thinking of right now too. They didn't understand that. But you see, once again, we see all these things, being on the wrong side of things, without hope, without Christ, without God. But now, in Christ Jesus, ye who are sometimes were afar off are made nigh by the blood of Christ. Now, you've got to understand something. The Jews considered themselves to be nigh because the temple was there. They were in Jerusalem. They were nigh. They would consider those on the outside, they were afar off. I want to show you a verse back in Isaiah 57, I believe it is. And I'm making you go back, Ryan. There it is. The Bible says, I created the fruit of the lips. Peace, peace to him that is far off and to him that is near, saith the Lord, and I will heal him. You see the far off, the Gentile, then that is near the Jew. Do you see how he will bring peace to both? See that right there? You can study that out more for yourself if you want to when you have time. But what I want you to see is, and we get to our third point today, Paul 
told us some things here. He reminded us of some things. He reminds us of the divisions of the past. He reminds us of the devastation of the past. Then number three, he reminds us of the destruction of the past. Ye who were sometimes were afar off are made nigh. As Gentiles, we were shut out. We were on the outside looking in on the blessings of the Lord and His people. Israel, we were lost without Christ, without hope, without God in this world. We're in a very sad shape. We couldn't change our condition. But God, once again, in His grace, came to us, drew us unto Himself, and saved us in His glory. And when He did that, He brought us into Himself. You look at these things, and as we study these things, and we look at it, we see letter A, the power of this destruction. Oh, what Christ did for us, he took those who were on the outside looking in and made it possible for them to come in. Let me just say, and let me, I don't want to offend anybody, but I'm truthful here. There are a lot of people, you know, people make arguments about lots of different things, and they talk about border walls and things like that, and then they get all questionable about all those things. God just didn't say, all right, I'm going to knock down the wall and just come on in as you are. Well, Jesus paid the price so that we could come in. Think about that one for a little bit. In heaven, there's a wall. I'm not comparing it to a wall down south or anything like that. But the wall's there because the only way in is through Jesus Christ. We see here, Paul says, ye who are sometimes were far off are made nigh. And we got to be very careful. People of God, and there's a fine line between it all, but God is not about building walls between his people. He's all about tearing down the walls and bringing people together. There are some things that keep those walls up, and I understand that. I'm not going to get into all of that this morning. But what I want you to understand something is, in God's grace, God took the Jews in one hand and the Gentiles in another and brought them together in Christ and made them one. That's what the Bible says right before your eyes. That wall, verse 14 there, was broken down in the, the middle wall, a partition between us that stood between us. Which means that in God's eyes, the Jews and Gentiles are equal. You can have salvation just like anyone else can, and praise God for that this morning. The power of God and the power of God and the destruction of our past is revealed in the fact that he's able to take two people groups who could not stand one another and would have them come together on their own and he made them one in Jesus Christ. That's the power of God in the situation. We see letter A, we see the power of destruction. We think about some of these verses, 1 John 3, verse 14 through 16, the Bible says we have that we have passed from life un, from death unto life because we love the brethren. He that loveth not his brother abideth in death. Whosoever hateth his brother is a murderer. And ye know that no murderer hath eternal life abiding in him. Hereby perceive we the love of God because he laid down his life for us and we ought to lay down our lives for the brethren. First John 4, 20, 21. If a man say, I love God and hate his brother, he is a liar. 
For he that hath loved not his brother whom he hath seen, how can he love God whom he hath not seen? And this is the commandment that we have from him, that we should love, that, that he who loveth God loveth his brother also. You see, the power of what took place is the fact that it makes it so you can love people that you hated. It makes you love those who wronged you. It tears down the wall of separation between people and brings us together in Christ. That's why in a church, everybody's welcome. That's why we let kids come without their parents. They're important to God. Just as important as you are. We let people come into church that might not smell as good as you smell. But they are important to God. We don't look for just rich people. It would be nice to get one rich person in the church that would tithe, but we don't even care about that. Why? A church should be filled with all sorts of people. And that's important. And we should be known by our love for one another. Say, well, I just, don't, I just don't like a certain people group. We have too many of those people in our church. You are totally missing out on the gospel. You're totally missing out, out on what Christ was trying to teach. Man, we have too many sinners in our church. And that pride that's in your heart is one of the biggest sins in the church. It's a room full of sinners. This guy preaching right now is a sinner, big sinner. Not as big as the guy running the soundboard, sinner, but close. We see number, letter A, we see the power of this destruction. We see letter B, the place of this destruction. Paul says that our past is destroyed in Jesus Christ, or in Christ Jesus. We're not liberated by keeping the law. We're not liberated by doing good works. We're liberated from the past by being in Christ Jesus. How does one come into Christ? Well, guess what? Whether you're a Jew or whether you're a Gentile, it's the same way. There is no difference. It's the same. The saints are created in Christ Jesus unto good works. That's what the Bible says in verse number 10. He gives us faith to believe in Jesus, and when we simply look at that, we place it in Christ, we are saved eternally forever. And when we're saved by the grace of God, we are brought nigh. That is through no effort on our own. Let me remind you of something. The separation, the walls and the barriers that were put up between God and man, God never put them up. Man's the one who sinned against God. Man's the one who sinned and got away from God. Thank God for salvation. Thank God it's through Him. Are you in Jesus Christ today? Many people trusting in their good works, trusting in their religion, trusting in whatever the case may be, and if you're not trusting in Christ, you're missing out. We see our past and all the walls of separation are demolished in Christ. Now look at this. We've seen the power of it. What took place? We're broad nigh when we are sometimes afar off. We've seen the place of it. It's in Christ. And then we see the price of this destruction. Paul says that we are made nigh, how? By the blood 
of Jesus by the blood of Christ in order to bring the Jews and Gentiles as one the son of God had to die on the cross of Calvary the Jews had their laws they had their rituals their priests offered a sacrifice um, goats, sheep, bulls, pigeons, turtle doves by the millions that was a temporary atonement that just covered and passed along this thing the rituals did not take away one sin it rolled it on till another day and for another year and when Jesus died on the cross what he did was something that the blood of goats the blood of sheep the blood of the lamb could, could not do you see when he died his precious blood atoned for the sins of the lost and made it possible for a sinner like you and me to come nigh to God through his blood why we sing songs like the choir did this morning it's still the blood that saves from sin still the blood that cleanses within from the highest star in heaven to the depths of the sea it's still the blood of jesus that brings victory to me there's power power wonder working power in the blood of the lamb saved by the blood of the crucified one my sins are all gone, saved. I'm saved by the blood of the crucified one. There is a fountain filled with blood drawn from Emmanuel's veins. And sinners plunge beneath that flood lose all their guilty stain. What can wash away my sin? Nothing. Repeat it again. Nothing but the blood of Jesus. What can make me whole again? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. Oh, precious is the flow that makes me white as snow. There's no other fount I know. Nothing but the blood of Jesus. You see, we were without Christ. We were aliens in the commonwealth of Israel. We're strangers to the covenant promises. We were without hope. We're without God. But God made it possible so that we could be near through the precious blood of His Son, Jesus Christ. That's why the Bible tells us in Revelation 1, verse 5 and 6, and from, Christ, and from Jesus Christ, who is the faithful witness and the first begotten of the dead, and the prince of the kings of the earth, and to Him that loved us and washed us from our sins in His own blood, and hath made us kings and priests unto God and his Father. To him be glory and dominion forever and ever. Amen. You see there, he washed us from our sins in his own blood. Look at uh, 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 18 and 19. For as much as ye know that you were not redeemed with corruptible things as silver and gold from your vain conversation received by the tradition of your father, but with the precious blood of Christ as a lamb without blemish and without spot. Hebrews chapter 10 tells us, By the which will we are sanctified through the offering of the body of Jesus Christ once for all. And every priest standeth daily ministering and offering oftentimes the same sacrifices which can never take away sins. But this man, after he had offered one sacrifice for sin, forever sat down at the right hand of God from henceforth, expecting till his enemies be made his footstool. For by one offering he hath perfected forever them that are sanctified. Hebrews 9 tells us, But Christ, being come and high priest of good things to come, 
by a greater and more perfect tabernacle, not made with hands, that is to say, not of this building, neither by the blood of goats and calves, but by his own blood he entered into in once into the holy place, having obtained eternal redemption for us. For the blood of bulls and of goats and the ashes of an heifer sprinkle the unclean and sanctifieth to the purifying of the flesh, how much more shall the blood of Christ, who through the eternal Spirit offered himself without spot to God, purge your conscience from dead works to serve the living God? A few more verses in Hebrews chapter number 9. For Christ has not entered into the holy places made with hands, which are figures of the true, but into heaven itself, now to appear in the presence of God for us, nor yet that he should offer himself often as the high priest enters into the holy place every year with the blood of others. For then must he often have suffered since the foundation of the world. But now once in the end of the world he hath appeared to put away sin by what? By the sacrificing of himself. And as is appointed a man once to die, but after this the judgment. So Christ was once offered to bear the sins of many. And unto them that look for him shall he appear the second time without sin unto salvation. Thank God for his precious blood that brings us together in Christ. In World War II, a group of American soldiers were firing at a farmhouse occupied by Germans in Europe. The family had run for its life to the barn. They were hiding in there. When the Germans descended upon the house under pursuit of the Americans, they began to fire across an open field. Bullets were flying everywhere. And all of a sudden, a little two- or three-year-old baby girl who was in the barn somehow slipped out and started running across the open field. She was running right where all those bullets were flying. Instantly, an American soldier saw the child and began screaming, Cease fire! And the Germans had done the same exact same thing. Suddenly, both armies stopped firing because while that little girl was in the field, they were not going to harm her. What all the generals, the leaders of various countries, and all the soldiers could not do, for a few seconds... That little girl brought peace to a situation. Jesus did much more than that. He tore down the walls of sin and rebellion that we had built between him and us, and he reached out in his grace and drew us near. He didn't just bring us, he brings all those that trust in Jesus near. And he has made us one in Christ. You look at chapter number four of Ephesians, and we'll be there in a couple months probably, but look at chapter 4 real quick. I therefore, the prisoner of the Lord, beseech you that you walk worthy of the vocation wherewith ye are called, with all lowliness and meekness, with long-suffering, forbearing one another in love, endeavoring to keep the unity of the Spirit in the bond of peace. There is one body and one Spirit, even as ye are called in one hope of your calling. One Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all, who is above all and through all and in you all. See right there, one Lord, one faith, one baptism. That's what Jesus did. He brought people that couldn't stand one another 
made it possible for them to sit together in the same church through his blood. What a savior we have. And this morning as we close, the question is this. Let's look at one more verse. John chapter 17. Jesus, his prayer before he goes to the cross. John 17, verse number 18, the Bible says, As thou hast sent me into the world, even so I also sent them into the world. And for their sakes I sanctified myself. John 17, verse number 18. And uh, we're going to be down in verse number 19. Now that they might be sanctified through thy truth. And Jesus said, Neither pray I for these alone, but for them also which shall believe on me through their word. Jesus was praying for us. Keep on reading. It says that they all may be one. As thou, Father, art in me, and I in thee, that they may also be one in us. That the world may believe that thou hast sent me, and that the glory which thou gavest me I have given them, that they may be one, even as we are one. I in them, and thou in me, that they may be made perfect in one, and that the world may know that thou hast sent me, and hast loved them as thou hast loved me. Isn't that God's will for us? See the word one over and over again. Praise God for what the blood of Jesus did for us. Hey, Christian, I'll remind you as we talked about last week, we are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus and the good works. Remember where you were. Remember being on the wrong side of the wall. No way to get across yourself blood of Jesus made it possible. And everything we have today in Christ has nothing to do with us. It has to do with what he did for us. Father, thank you for the time we've had in your word today.